baobulb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with baobulb.org. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Today is the 9th of May, 2021. And today we celebrate Mother's Day as as well as we celebrate our church's anniversary. Let us turn to the Holy Scriptures as we begin to reflect on this day and its meaning for us. Grace and peace to you from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. As we come to worship today, we come as vessels. Vessels ready to be filled, willing to be poured out again and again. We are here as students, open to learn. We come as instruments waiting to be tuned in order to render fine music. We come as tools available to be sharpened so that we may be effective and precise. We are here ships, eager to have our sails hoisted so that we may be driven by the winds of God's Spirit, that every part of our being, heads and hands, hearts and spirits, intellects and feelings, be available to each other and to God and to all God's people, this day and always. Amen. Friends, come let us join together in prayer. God of life, you raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Your Spirit inspired the prophets, your Spirit inspired the martyrs and the writers of the Holy Scriptures. God of life, your Spirit draws us to Jesus Christ, and your Spirit help us to acknowledge Christ as the Lord and Saviour of our lives. As we find ourselves in your presence this morning, send your Spirit upon us now to fill us and fill us with your Holy Spirit, O God, so that your Spirit grant us deeper insight into the Holy Scriptures and that your Spirit will grant us encouragement, faith and hope through the proclamation of the Easter Gospel. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, to him with you and the Holy Spirit, one blessed God, be glory and unending praise. Amen. And so, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, today we have two scripture readings, our first scripture reading coming to us. From the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 3, verse 10 to 20. And our second reading comes to us from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 20, verse 19 to 23. I'm reading the verses to you as it comes to us and as Mark brings this narrative to us. Verses 20 and 21, because these are focused verses coming to us from the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 3. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. This is the good news of Christ. And then our second reading comes to us from the Gospel according to St. John chapter 20, verses 9 to 23. Jesus appears to his disciples. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, 
Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed, his, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is the good news of Christ. The verses that we would like to reflect on for today, coming to us from the Gospel according to St. John, is verses 21 and verse 22. It simply reads, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. The theme of our family worship service this morning is, Lord, here am I, send me. Lord, here am I, send me. Now today is Mother's Day as well as uh, church anniversary that we celebrate. And so our, our, our sermon will focus around that um, these two major events. So let us hear, let us, uh, let us listen to the, the message of God and uh, let us listen to the reflections of today. Lord, here am I, send me. And so sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, my mother always used to send me to the butchery on a Friday afternoon. I grew up in a very small town called Blanco. Blanco is situated at the foot of the Otaniqua Mountains. This very small community, uh, I believe, really had a true sense of Ubuntu within them. I must have been about eight years of age when I would very often make this journey to the butchery. Let me give you a brief description of what the building itself looked like. The butchery was a stand-alone building with two entrances. One entrance was for non-whites only, and the other entrance was for whites only. Each of the doors were marked with these signs. Signs that says non-whites only, and a sign that says whites only. Arriving at the butchery on a Friday afternoon, you will find that the non-white area were crowded with people, whilst on the other side of the barrier, there were no white people, or at least one or two white people, that, uh, that uh, has come to the butchery for that day, or for that moment. And since as a child I felt like, this is not right. I would choose any of these doors to enter into the building. I will remain in the area of the whites only when I use that door. I will remain in the area of the whites only until assistance will be rendered to me. The only colored person who was employed in the butchery will always direct me to the non-whites area and I would always refuse 
Why would always make us if I can't read? Why don't understand him and will not move an inch? It will happen again and again and again on a Friday afternoon. I suppose this incident that I'm going to describe to you now was about to happen at some point or the other. So one Friday while uh, I was at the butchery, again I used the door for whites only, and I was the only person on the side of the whites only. The non-white area was just crowded with people. And so, as I as I was waiting to to as I was waiting so that I can get attention from the butcher, he refused to give me any attention. He refused to assist me on that particular day. I suppose what he had on his mind was to teach this young colored um, child a lesson. And so soon I find myself, myself in an argument with him and he put me out of the butchery. And as he pushed me out of the butchery, this Christian butcher, I said to him, well, I'm going to tell my mother about this incident and what had happened here today. Now, from experience, we would know that you don't play with colored mothers. When it comes to their families, they are very attached to their families. and They would do anything for their families. And if that is the case that you have touched their family, you are, you are definitely coming second on that day. Now at the time I was not sure about and I was not so involved in and understand uh, why were there two entrances into, this, uh, into the butchery. It's only later that I start that I began to learn about apartheid. And we know now that apartheid is a sin and that apartheid will remain a sin and that apartheid will remain a crime against humanity. But I know for sure and, for, and, 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 and as a fact, beyond that day when my mother intervened, there were no further incidences that I was put out of that butchery. I could use any door from that day onward. And so sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ spent his life creating, he spent his life shaping and going for his father. He called disciples to follow him, he attracted the disciples, he formed them, he shaped those who, who made a firm commitment to follow him. Jesus gathered them together and in all of this forming, in all of this gathering and shaping and going, Jesus never lost sight of his purpose. He lived a purpose-driven life, shaped and formed by the liberation of people, shaped and formed by the liberation of the poor, shaped and formed by the liberation of the blind, the prisoners, the oppressed, and by, by proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. The reason why Jesus lived such a purpose-driven life 
is because a life without a purpose accomplishes nothing. A life without a purpose has no vision to lift us up above the mundane. A life without a purpose, a motivating power or vision will appear empty and will achieve nothing of any worth. Jesus made a sacrament of his life, and he lived his entire life to the glory of God. Because when we live our lives, when we live our lives to the glory of God, our lives become purpose-driven, and such a life elevates the most mundane tasks, and it makes life one great act of press. Jesus is in the midst of his disciples. God raised Jesus to life again. The disciples and the women went to the tomb and they found the tomb empty. On that first Easter morning, Jesus refused to be locked away in a tomb and he came out of death and the tomb to meet and to greet his disciples. The sealed tomb could not keep Jesus in and the locked doors could not keep Jesus out. There is no need to look for clever theories and explanations when it is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God did it. By a mighty act of his power and by God's grace, the eternal and almighty God rolled away the stone and brought his dead son, Jesus Christ, back to life. With this act of raising Jesus Christ to life again, God confirmed every positive and constructive thought and every loving deed that Jesus offered to God. The first Easter Sunday morning was a joyful celebration of the power of God's love and the unquenchable capacity of God's love to bring life out of death. And so when Jesus appeared to his disciples, Jesus symbolized the ever-present power of God's love amongst them. Jesus' appearance in his glorious body is a sign of the ever-present power of God's love in the world. And so being in the midst of his disciples, Jesus said to them, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Nothing can hold them back anymore. Nothing can hold you and me back anymore. Because when you go for God, when you go with God, God will always have the final word to say in any and every situation. And that is, as God work out God's purposes through you and me. Breathing upon the disciples, Jesus indicated to them that they are ready to start a new community, to start his church. Through the, through the breath of the Holy Spirit, Christ offered to transform the lives of each of the disciples and the life of the group in this process of starting the church so that we can sing the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word.
Christ offered to change the life of each of his disciples and the life of the disciples into an exhilarating experience in which the Holy Spirit will always keep company with them. And in the Holy Spirit's company, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide all the disciples through every facet of life and daily living. So when Jesus uttered these words, As the Father sent me, I am sending you. He breathed on the disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus desired to express himself through the work and the witness of the disciples. Jesus taught all of us that if our lives was to possess meaning and if our lives was to possess a purpose, everything must be done to honor God. Everything must be done to glorify God and everything must be done in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is exactly where the problem lies for Jesus and his disciples explain the Gospel of St. Mark chapter 3 verse 10 to 20 to us. And so on this occasion, on the previous occasion, while Jesus was living out his mission of people liberation, and while Jesus was doing the work of his father because he said his father sent him, people began to respond to God's work, and they began to respond to God's grace in their hearts. The Gospel of St. Mark says that the house became so crowded with people at the time that there was absolutely no space anymore for Jesus Christ and his disciples. There was not even space to sit down to have a meal in peace. Jesus and his disciples were so in sync with God's purpose, they were so in sync with God's uh, God's work of grace, that some people thought that he must be out of his mind. Even his own family thought that he must be out of his mind. His own family thought that he must be mad. He has gone off his rockers. This has reached the ears of Mary, the mother of Jesus. I remember the story of my own mother. I suppose that all mothers is like this. Mary wasn't pleased with this story. Mary wasn't pleased when she heard where Jesus was finding himself, that the house was so crowded that he was not even able to sit down with his disciples and have a meal in peace. She wasn't pleased when she heard this. I suppose responsible parenthood or responsible motherhood demanded some action from Mary. Maybe it was more than just motherhood. Maybe it was a love for Jesus Christ. Maybe it was a love for her son, Jesus Christ, that moved this mother to take charge of the situation that was rapidly, according to her, spinning out of control. The story is told of a mother, stories told to me of a mother who went into a pub to fetch her married son who was happily participating in a, in a karaoke, and she said to him, you better get home now, because your wife and your children are waiting for you at home. See that you get into your car. Cry your I'm following you. 
And so friends, so brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, when love dies out, a family begins to crumble. This is the reason why families must draw from this, their source. This is the reason why family must draw from the source of God's love. God is love and God knows what is love. God, who knows what is love, knows what a family is. And so God fashioned the family and God molded families with his love. The love that is in God unites families. The love that is in God nourishes and sustains families. And it measures and it influences all communication in the home and in the family. This is the reason why we as families come into the Holy Sanctuary, into worship services to sit at the Lord's table. Because it is at the Lord's table that we are enriched by God's love. It seems like many families today need a powerful, day, a, a powerful dose of God's love. But God's love cannot be inoculated as we do with COVID-19 or with a COVID-19 vaccinated program. Jesus' mother Mary and Jesus' family shows us that it is our responsibility to revitalize the love that is inherent in, to each family so that our love for each other, our love for our family members, renew the love of God in our families. From this Nazareth family, we can be inspired in how to foster good and loving relationships in the family. From this Nazareth family, we can learn about the virtues that we should uh, improve in our own families. Jesus' family rallying around him raises the question whether there is a person in our families who fosters good and loving relationships and whose work it is to improve the virtues in our families. Perhaps you are that person. Or you are the one to take on this purpose and that you are ready to say to Jesus, Lord, here am I, send me. I'm ready to deal with all the strife. I'm ready to deal with all the tension. I'm ready to deal with all the conflict and the various forms of artificiality in our family. Maybe... Just maybe you are the one to teach the family that the love of God in our hearts will lead to the true discovery of ourselves and that the love of God in our hearts always leads to a family, leads a family to a deep process of transformation. And this period of transformation helps us to discover, helps us to unearth our caring compassion and love that should stand in the center of each family, especially today. It is when we say, Lord, here am I, sent me, and go with God and go for God, in this way that new possibilities for life and healing of broken and fractured relationships begins to emerge. 
talking about the purpose-driven life, working amongst our families, joining forces with God to address family issues in our families can be filled with obstacles and challenges because our families will be quick to say to us, but we know something about you too. But even if they say that, that should not deter us from the purpose that God has placed in our hearts. To say, here am I, Lord, send me. I'm ready to deal with all the strife. I'm ready to deal with all the tension. I'm ready to deal with all the conflicts and the various forms of artificiality in my own family. But not only do we have families, we also have a church family. We also have a spiritual family. And as a church family, a spiritual family today, today as we celebrate our church anniversary, it also is an opportunity for us to look at what is it that we need to do for God as a spiritual family? What is it that we need to do for God as we go for God and as we go with God and as we respond to, here am I, Lord, send me. Because this is exactly what the church needs to say too. It's not only individuals, it's not only families that needs to say that, here am I, Lord, send me. But it is also a local church family that needs to say this. Here am I, Lord, sent me. And so, friends, so brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, this local family to which we belong today, it's a family that celebrate its 60th birthday or her 60th birthday. And so this church was actually formally constituted on the 7th of May, and it started in 1961. And reflecting on the 60th birthday of our family this morning, of the spiritual family this morning, it grants us an opportunity that in the light of, as the Father has sent me and I'm sending you, to reconnect with our purpose. To reconnect with our purpose in an act of total surrender and selfless devotion to God. Our 60th birthday helps us to discover and to see the needs of each other, and to see the needs of the community and to respond to it as the Spirit prompts us and as the Spirit nudged us into a particular direction. So that our life, the life of this spiritual family, become a purpose-driven life. So not only should our families have purpose-driven lives, or we personally should have purpose-driven lives, but our community should also have a purpose-driven life. Our spiritual family should also have a purpose-driven life. And our 60th birthday as a spiritual family should help us to ask ourselves this question. But are we still a sanctuary of healing and hope where people's needs, where people's concerns and their hurts and the hopes and anxieties are met with understanding and openness and compassion? With the aid of the Holy Spirit, 
Our birthday helps us to discover whether we are still intolerant towards injustice, corruption, exploitation, and racism. Our birthday today helps us to discover whether we are still presenting to society a new way of seeing and a new way of being in community marked by honesty, industry, integrity, kind-heartedness, generosity and spirit, fidelity and love. Nothing can hold us back. Nothing can hold you and me and this local church back anymore. Because when we go for God, when we go with God, God will always have the final word to say in any and every situation in life. And that it is God who works out these purposes through you, me, our families, and the spiritual family today. And so I say glory be to God, our liberator. Glory be to Jesus Christ who makes people's lives new. Glory be to the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Amen. Let us join together in prayer. Holy Spirit, we surrender our lives to you that we may be transformed into Christ's new creation. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to him with you and the Holy Spirit, one blessed God, be glory and unending praise. Amen. Sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, may God the Father, by whose glory Christ was raised from the dead, strengthen you to walk with him in his risen life. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe.